Hello and welcome back to the Mike Drago Sports Podcast as we enter a new calendar year and the close of the first month of basketball season in Berks County, and it's been a really good one so far. Reading High off to a terrific 7-1 start. Red Knights have been playing shorthanded lately, down a couple of starters due to a discipline situation, and yet they had no trouble handling Burke's Catholic Monday night, 67-51 in an uh, early Burke's one showdown of sorts. Uh, Redding's lone loss came last week in its own holiday tournament. The Red Knights fell to Devon Prep, 75-71, an exciting game. Reading was down 19-2, came all the way back to tie that game and then um, let it slip away there in the final minutes. And again, they were playing in that game without their leading scorer, Daniel Alcantara, and without Joey Chapman, a three-year starter at guard. And still, they're uh, one of the best teams around. So once they get back to full strength, um, you know, look out. Nobody's going to touch the Red Knights. That's the way it's appeared since the preseason, and uh, no reason to change that thought uh, right now. Uh, we'll be talking to Exeter coach Matt Ashcroft in today's show. Um, this team coming off a thrilling comeback victory over Wilson Monday night. Eagles trailed by 21 points and came back to win it by a point. Um, Exeter off to a 7-3 and three start. Uh, just one of the many teams that it, that's doing well so far. Burks Catholic, despite that loss to Reading, is now 6-1 and one and ranked number one in the District 3 Class 4A power rating. Saints looking like a top contender in that uh, classification for sure. They should be there at the end come mid-February when uh, we head back to the Giants Center for some uh, district playoff basketball. Antietam, 8-1 to this point. They are also ranked number one in their classification, 2A. Mounts looking like they're going to return to the championship game, uh, which they, they made it last year. They lost to Lancaster Mennonite, and it could be those same two teams once again. Topahawken, 6-1 start. Trojans are ranked number two in the Class 3A classification. Uh, that you know That would be a big deal for the Spartans, A, to just to make the district playoffs, and, and B, to, uh, to win a few games and contend for a title. Mm -hmm. So uh, interesting things going on with the uh, Talpahawken program. And, of course, now we're down to one unbeaten team. That's the Fleetwood Tigers. They're 6-0. and They were supposed to play uh, a key game Tuesday night at Wyomissing, a Burks 2 showdown. Uh, those are the two teams expected to battle for that section title. That game was postponed. Wyomissing has a little COVID situation in its program. It had to postpone three games this week. Uh, Spartans will not be back on the court until Saturday afternoon when they go to West York. But uh, once they are back and playing, they figure to uh, uh, make a little bit of a, a playoff push uh, themselves. Uh, before we get to Matt Ashcroft, just a reminder that the Mike Drago Sports Podcast is presented this week and every week throughout the basketball season by our sponsor, Utilities Employees Credit Union. Thanks to you. ECU for stepping up to the plate again this basketball season to sponsor the podcast. Appreciate that very much. Uh, UECU was there for us in football season. They sponsored the football podcast every week, and they're also sponsoring the girls basketball player of the week this season. So thanks to UECU. This podcast is part of MikeDragosports.com which provides Berks County's most comprehensive coverage of boys' and girls' basketball 
football, soccer, and more. Check out the website today. You'll find the latest coverage on Burke's basketball, including a feature on Reading High's Miles Gray, who had a career-scoring high Monday night in the win over Burke's Catholic. He was uh, terrific in that game in all as uh, aspects of the, of the game, defense, rebounding, passing the ball, and, of course, shooting. Uh, you can also find features on recent All-State football picks, Tanner Maddox of Fleetwood and Nate Millard of Daniel Boone. And Jason Grante has a couple of features on girls' basketball. You can read about Wilson Center, Isis Dojan, and uh, Millersville's Lauren Lister, a former standout at Fleetwood who's uh, in her final season of college basketball. You can subscribe to the website by going to MikeDragoSports.com. Check out our new monthly subscription rate. Just $6.99 a month gives you access to all the action. Okay, Matt Ashcroft coming up in just a minute, but first a word from Utilities Employees Credit Union. Pennsylvania athletes, families, and fans, UECU invites you to enjoy exclusive credit union member discounts, low member loan rates, and competitive deposit rates. Free membership is open to all Pennsylvania residents. Visit uecu.org or stop by our branch office in Wyomissing on Meridian Boulevard. UECU, committed to your financial well-being. Time to talk Exeter basketball. I'm going to bring in Eagles coach Matt Ashcroft. He has the uh, Eagles off to a 7-3 start after uh, Monday's thrilling win over Wilson. Uh, Matt played at Central Catholic. He was a 1,000-point scorer there and played on the Cardinals' 2007 PIAA championship team. Went on to play at Albright, where he was a two-time all-conference pick. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could join us. So uh, we've got to start with Monday's uh, victory over uh, Wilson. Uh, it's not often you, you you find your team down 31 to 10 and, and you come all the way back uh, uh, to win. You know, what happened there in that second half? Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing, well, I mean, I think you got to go back to the first half and tip your cap to Wilson and give them a lot of credit. They took us out of our game to start. Um, to start the entire first and second quarter, I mean, we, we were totally out of sorts. Um, they applied pressure. They forced us into uncharacteristic quick shots. Uh, we were we were wildly impatient. And, uh, you know, Wilson got a lot of their stuff on the offensive glass and then in transition. I mean, they, they did a heck of a job on us. Second half, I think we settled down. And, um, you know, we, we, we always preach mental toughness in our program. I mean, that's you have to be mentally tough in order to sustain a blow like that early in the game, withstand it, come back and then, and then finish the comeback. Um, so I think in the second half, we were, uh, we showed a lot of physical and mental toughness. We hit some big shots and we got some stops. So our defense really turned it up a notch in the second half. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, you hit 11 three pointers in the game, which is a big number eight in the second half. Uh, but, it was a 48 to 47 game. So obviously defense played a big part and you only gave up, um, what, 17 points, 18 points in the second half. I think it was, I believe the score at halftime was 33, 20. Yeah. So we gave up what, Four. 14, 14 points in the second half. Yeah. yeah. 14 points in the second half and six in the fourth quarter. Now, did you, 
did you see this this team as you know kind of a uh, being a, able to play that kind of defense and being a I don't want to call you a defensive oriented team because you shoot so well, but to be able to you know, you've held most of your opponents to 52, 51 or, or or fewer points. Did you see that as you were putting this team together? We did, and we said we said back in the summer we said back in the summer we want to be playing games and winning games in the forties and fifties. Um, you know, like I said, we, we played a couple games in the 60s this year. And, and you can see some of the – we've won a game 65-60. We, we've also lost a game that was a little bit high scoring. Um, so, you know, when we are able to keep the games, Mike, in the 40s and 50s, that's where we're most comfortable. Um, we're controlling tempo. We're controlling pace of play. We're not necessarily slowing the game down. Um, but, we, but, again, we, we are – you know, we want to be a defensive-minded team, and we want to show that patience – incredible patience on the offensive end. And I thought, you know, in our first two years, we showed glimpses of that, but then we'd also play, we also played a couple of games in the seventies and eighties, our first two years at Exeter. And as you know, at the high school level, that's not sustainable um, to give up 70 points in a win. Um, you know, cause you're going to have those off shooting nights where you're going to have to um, manufacture points down the stretch and you're going to have to rely on your defense and rebounding. So, yeah, to answer your question, we, we're very, very comfortable in the 40s and 50s. That's sort of where we want to live. And, you know, we've had success, you know, so far early in the season doing that. And, and that's, you know, why you're 7-3 and three and why you're right there in the thick of the district uh, playoff race is because you are playing defense. Uh, you know, again, when I look at your team, and maybe I'm thinking back to last year, and you think of Colin Payne, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. I think of him as an offensive player, and Teddy Snyder as an offensive player. But obviously all those guys are playing defense too. And, and to beat Wilson, you know, you've got to beat them at their own game because, you know, they're always going to play D. And uh, even though they're struggling, and this is kind of amazing, after the run Wilson's had the last two years with Stevie Mitchell, and obviously we knew they weren't going to be the same team, but to see them 0-3 in the league after winning back-to-back uh, Burks Conference titles, it's it's hard to uh, hard to fathom. But also I think it says a lot about your section, Burks won. I mean, there are no nights off there, and if you're not ready to go, you're going to lose. You're exactly right. And, you know, let, let's we, we tell our kids when we go back over to West Lawn in a couple of weeks, that's going to be a that's going to be an absolute battle. Um, you're kidding yourself. If you think Coach Kohler, he, he's a world class coach. I mean, he's he's going to have these guys ready. Um, you know, by no means are they going to lay over. I mean, if you look at some of their losses, I think they lost to Mifflin by two. They lost to us on a three ball with three seconds left. Um, they lost. To, to Hempfield by one at the Hempfield holiday tournament uh, on a three ball with about 20 seconds left. The Pena kid hit his eight, hit his eight three of the game that game. So, I mean, you know, those three games could have gone either way. And if any of those three games, let's say, you know, two or all three of those games go the other way, Wilson's right in the thick of things. So again, coach Coldren, he, he, like I said, he's a great coach and he's going to have, he's going to have those guys ready, um, you know, down the stretch. And again, we're only in our first two or three conference games. So again, there, we've got a lot of uh, long ways to go. And, and to your point, Mike, I mean, it's an absolute gauntlet. I mean, D- D- division one is, I think it's one of the best divisions in the whole state. 
And you're right. You know, you, you better get Wilson now because in a few weeks, uh, uh, you know, they are going to be a different team. They're a young team, first of all. And then you have Cam Jones, who's their leading player, coming off a tough football season. And I don't think we've seen the, the best of him yet. He had 20 last night, so maybe he's he's starting to get uh, into his basketball shape. But, yeah, Wilson will make an impact in Burks' ones. Now, don't don't think uh, – no, nobody should think that they're, uh, they're completely done because they're, they're not. They're going to be a good team before uh, this season is over. So, uh, Matt, a, a win last night when you against a quality opponent, a team you've battled every year, uh, you know, and had tough games with, and to come back from 20 points, what's that do for this team going forward? Well, I think the biggest thing is confidence with this group. I mean, obviously, Colin Payne is our leader. Colin's our senior leader. He's our emotional uh, leader. Um, you know, he's our offensive leader, as you know. Um, he's taken his, you know, he's taken some tremendous strides on the defensive end. Uh, but outside Colin Payne, like we're a fairly young, young team. Um, and again, I think, I think, you know, uh, to, to be able to win a game like that, a division game against a rival opponent, a good team. Uh, I think it does. I think it does wonders for a team's confidence. Um, we look back, you know, again, I, I go back to, to the last couple of years. We've been on the other side of, of, of that many, many times. Um, and, uh, you know, it's nice to be obviously on the on the, on the good side once in a while. But I think the biggest thing with it with us is confidence. And hopefully that spurs us. And again, you know, we have one of the top, in my opinion, one of the top two teams in the county staring us dead in the face on Thursday evening. Burks. So, again, we're absolutely. Burke's Catholic. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later later in, in the show. But at first, uh, just to remind people, you, you only won uh, three games last season. Am I right? Correct. Yeah, that was a tough season. Uh, young team and the COVID stuff. And, and you know, it, it just kind of spiraled away from you there. But uh, I saw you beat Mannheim Township the first week of the season. You started 3-0. and which was really amazing because uh, your your team is mostly football guys. I mean, Colin Payne, Joey Schlaffer, Anthony Kachis all uh, came right off the football field, had about a week to get ready, and you started fast, but uh, you know probably weren't playing your best. Do you feel that you're now after beating um, uh, Wilson last night, and that's what three three in a row for you, or, or four of your last five wins? You feel like you're starting to hit stride now, and that, and that those football guys are now into basketball uh, shape, so to speak? I do. I feel like, the, to answer the second part of the question, I, I do think the football guys are starting to round into basketball shape, which is huge for us. Uh, as far as hitting our stride, I think we're beginning to. Like, I mean, if you look at um, our start yesterday, you know, it's, you know, you, you know, you know a lot about my basketball history. And, I, you know, I came up under Coach Esterly and, um, you know, it, I share a lot of the same philosophies, obviously, that he does. And if you look at just the, you know, I take last night, for example, our start last night, or I should say our, our lack of a good start last night, we were down 31-10. And that can really be, uh, you know, we can attribute that to two or three things. Number one, Wilson just, they came out and they hit us first. They were the, they were the aggressor. But then the two things that we did or, or, or we didn't do, I should say, uh, we showed we showed zero patience on the offensive end of the floor. Um you know, and I, and, I, and I think we're dribbling too much. The ball's got to move. Um, so if we can get those two things corrected in a hurry, hopefully by Thursday, yeah, we can be a good team. And I think we're going to start to round into form. But again, we still have we still have a ways to go, you know, to improve. Really impressive the start uh, Colin Payne has had. I spoke to him after that 
Mannheim Township game, and uh, he, you know, he said, my, you know, my legs just aren't there yet. And foot, football shape is totally different than basketball. And football, you know, you sprint for a, a few yards here and there, but it's not the constant running that you get up and back and back and forth on the court in basketball. It takes a while to get in the shape. And yet he's averaging 19.7 points. He's got 23 threes in 10 games. I mean, he's just, you know, he's on the verge of a breakout season here. Uh, what's been uh, the biggest change in his game from a year ago? I know I sound like a broken record, but I think with him, it's just his confidence. And, and you know what, Mike, he's playing with a sense of urgency. It's his senior season. And, you know, he, he wants to go out with a bang here. And I'll tell you what, his first 10 games, if they're in any, any indication of how he's going to end his season, I, you know, like I said, I, I'd look out if I were the rest of the, you know, rest of the County, as well as, as well as the district, because he's been just phenomenal. He's shooting close to 90% from the foul line. I mean, that's just unheard of. Um, I think at one point he missed a couple over the last week. We were kind of getting on him a little at practice the other day, and he's got to get above the 90% threshold. But at one point, I think he was shooting 94% from the line. Um, so, I mean, he's, that's pretty special to see a kid just comes off comes off the football field for, for six straight months and, and is able to put up those kind of numbers. But I think you hear a lot of coaches say a lot of, a lot quite you know quite often about a lot of their experienced guys that the game has just sort of slowed down for him i think this is a perfect example i think the game has just slowed down for colin Payne. and um you know like i said he's seen he's just like i said i think i think that the, the basket looks like an ocean till he's playing with a ton of confidence um he's a great teammate um i, I can't say enough good things about him like i said he's our he's our emotional leader he's just you know he's just he's just been a pleasure to coach I think it's just great to see Joey Schlaffer out there uh, playing basketball for you. You know, he, he's a junior coming off an all-state football season. He's got his uh, offer to, to Penn State. He's already accepted that. You know, so he, he's going to be a football player. And yet, I, I believe you told me he couldn't wait to get back to basketball uh, and, and, and start that this season. Am I right? Yeah, he texted me. Uh, I, I I generally waited, um, you know, after the football games. I would I would shoot the guys a text a couple hours after the game. Hey, congratulations on another big time win. And um, I decided I was going to wait till that next. You know what? I think we had that tough loss, uh, tough loss um, in the state semis. That was on a Friday evening out west. And uh, I waited till like Sunday around noon uh, to text the guys. And I said, Hey guys, what an amazing season! I said, Hey, just so you know. Um, we do have practice tonight. I said, listen, if you want to wait till tomorrow, you know, I totally understand. And every one of them, um, and Joey was kind of the ringleader said, coach, uh, we, we want to get this sour taste out of our mouth. This last loss, uh, uh, you know, on the football field, we'll be there tonight. We can't wait to get started. So, I mean, that's just, that's music to a coach's ears. I, I just thought that was really special. And, it, you know, it speaks to his competitiveness. Um, I mean, Joey's just, Joey's just been tremendous. That's awesome to see. And, you know, the thing is, you know, you, you, and you don't realize this when you're 15, 16, 17 years old, but high school, it's, it's probably the last chance you're going to have to play this sport. Now, he's going to go on and play football, but he's never going to have a chance to play uh, organized competitive basketball in this kind of environment before uh, or again. And, you know, you need to take advantage of that. And I know a lot of kids like to specialize and play one sport. And and, and sometimes it's justified if, you're, if you have the ability to be a pro athlete or even a Division One athlete at the highest level. But, you know, if you have a chance to play three sports in high school, do it because those days are going to be gone really quickly and uh you want to take advantage of that 
you're exactly right. Uh, I mean, I, I am I am probably one of the biggest proponents of, of, of the two and three sport athletes that you'll find out there. Um, you know, good, good, good. I mean, the good news is Coach Bauer uh, over here at Exeter and I, we have a tremendous relationship. I mean, we're constantly he's encouraging his football guys to play for me. And I'm encouraging my my basketball guys to go out for the football team. And we, we have a great relationship. And again, it's you know, it's been proven that multi-sport athletes cross training is huge for um, for endurance, for flexibility, for, you know, for for, for reducing injury. Um, cause you're not using those same muscle groups, 365 days a year. So I'm a huge proponent of a quick story. I'll share with you. Um, I'll never forget Brandon George, who's now is a starting middle. I think he's a starting middle linebacker out at Pitt right now. Um, he, I, I watched him in the bowl game. Um, I'll never forget this. Brandon played for, for me. I was the JV coach over at Berks Catholic, Mike, my, my, uh, his freshman year, he was one of my best players on the JV team. And, uh, he decided the next two years, he wasn't going to play. And, um, and he's just going to focus on weight training and, and football. And we said, hey, we completely understand that. You have a huge, you know, you have a big, big, big future ahead of you in football. We'll never forget this. He came up to me, uh, to Snip and, and myself uh, in the gym. I think it was after a practice, like it was like the Monday after Thanksgiving. And as you know, those Burks Catholic teams, they played until the second, third week in December. They were always going to the state semifinal. And, uh, Brandon said, Hey coach, it was a senior year. And he said, Hey coaches, uh, I know, uh, I know I missed the last two years, but I'll be honest. I, I'd love to come out and play if you'll have me. And, you know, Snip and I had the biggest grins on our faces and we said, absolutely, buddy, go get a state title. and We'll see you in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty special. And then the other thing um, that I remember is we hosted a, when I was at Burks Catholic, we hosted a Christmas tournament. Um, or it was a showcase over at Burks Catholic. It was one of those deals where five, there were five games. They started at like two o'clock and it ran through eight o'clock at night. And the game before us was Abington Heights versus Harrisburg. And it was like December 28th. And uh, Michael Parsons played in the game. I'll never forget that. He was an, he, he, he just, he, he, he ended up being an early enroll. He, he early enrolled at Penn state. So he literally played, the first seven or eight games of his senior season at Harrisburg as a basketball player. And then he early enrolled at Penn state that following January. So he couldn't finish the season because he was up in state college. But I just thought that was really, really cool to see Michael Parsons, who's now, you know, one of the best defensive players in the, in the NFL, you know, he, he thought it was important enough to spend, you know, that month and a half with his basketball teammates before heading up to state college as an early enrollee. So, I mean, I, I just, I mean, you see it all over the place. If it's good enough for a guy like Michael, Par- Michael Parsons and Joey Schlaff, Brandon George, um, absolutely. I think it's good enough for anybody. Micah Parsons uh, handed uh, had a big, big part in uh, handing Lonnie Walker his last high school basketball loss. He did. The, uh, the uh, Harrisburg Cougars beat. Lonnie and the Red Knights in the uh, semifinals in 2017. And then, that must uh, have been the year before. That must have been the yes. year prior, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was his junior year. And um, um, Red Knights didn't lose another game after that. That, that, that. So Micah helped fire Lonnie up. And I, I think I saw a picture of those two guys on Twitter uh, recently. They reunited at a uh, – I'm not sure if uh, Lonnie was at a Cowboys game or, or – or if Micah was at a Spurs game, but the two of those guys got together. So uh, that, that's pretty impressive. When you, when you see athletes of that caliber playing against each other, even if they're from opposing sports, and I mean, it takes me back to, you know, 30 years ago when Danielle Marshall and Kerry Collins uh, played against each other in high school basketball. And of course, everyone knew Kerry was going to be a, a 
quarterback at Penn State, but still to see those guys go after each other was just just a special memory. That that was pretty impressive. So let me ask you about yeah. one other guy on your team, uh, Teddy Snyder. He's a, a sophomore guard that he came up. Is he sophomore or junior? I can't remember now. Ted, Teddy's a junior. He's a junior. He came up and cracked your starting lineup uh, early to mid last season, and uh, certainly made a, uh, an impact. Uh, another outstanding shooter. He had uh, four three pointers in in Monday's win. Uh, tell me about uh, Teddy. Of course, people know his dad, Ted Snyder, who was an outstanding player at Exeter and and also a coach at at uh, Kutztown. Uh, give me a little rundown on what Teddy's been doing for you. Teddy's fantastic. I mean, his, you know, I talked about Joey and Colin's competitiveness. I mean, Teddy's is right, right, right up there with those two. Um, the guy hates to lose. He he's, he, he's a joy to be around. Um, like I said, he has that fire. He has that fire, man. He, he just, he doesn't like to lose and he's just a tremendously hard worker. Um, uh, you know, we've actually, as a coaching staff have talked about Teddy on a couple, on a couple occasions, which is pretty remarkable. This is my, I think, Mike. This is my tenth year coach, tenth year coaching. I believe I was seven as an assistant. And that's this is my my third as a head coach. I don't recall a player in my ten years that has been more available than Teddy Snyder. And what I mean by that is, I I cannot recall a workout, a summer league game, um, a tournament game, a, a game we play up in that Cedar C- Cedar Beach tournament up in Allentown, um, a, a weightlifting session. Um, uh, an open gym, a practice. I don't, I can't recall in three years, Teddy missing one thing, which is pretty remarkable because as you know, he's an all County tennis player. So it's not like Teddy's just sitting around or, or just focusing on one sport all year round. Like I said, he's an all County tennis player. Um, you know, a tremendous tennis player at that. And, you know, for him not to, not to miss one workout, one game, one practice, one scrimmage, one one weightlifting session, anything. I mean, I mean, you know, we say the best avail the best best abilities availability. I mean, I mean, he's sort of been, you know, knock on wood, he's been our Iron Man, which is which is tremendous. And again, I think that speaks to his love of the game. He just loves the game of basketball. You can see it out there how much he enjoys it. And um, you know, he's grown tremendously as a person. Um, he's matured as a person as a basketball player and over over the last couple of years. And um, he's starting to come into to our to his own, and um, I I don't know if I, I don't know if um, you saw over the holiday tournament, Teddy. Um, we 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 always talk about you know some of the bigger moments of every game. Teddy probably won the last two games for us, Mike. Um, not just not just this first prior game where he hit the the game winner, you know, to clinch it against Wilson, but Cedarcrest, um, the, the game at Cedarcrest in, in their holiday tournament, um, he came in. Um, he, I think he was in a little bit of foul trouble, and uh, we, we brought him in halfway through the third, at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, and he banged home three straight threes to essentially seal it against a really good young Cedar Crest team. So, um, I mean, Teddy's the, Teddy's a guy that wants the ball in his hands. He's not afraid to take that big shot. He's proven that time and time again, and I think his future is bright, Mike. Yeah, it's really impressive. I mean, tennis is uh, is a – you know, twelve month a year sport. If you want to be good at that sport, and for him to mm-hmm. to to be this good and and this devoted to basketball and still uh, be an excellent tennis player, that, that that's really impressive uh, about him. So, at last uh, last week's podcast, I had a chance to sit and talk with Snip Esterly, your old coach, and um, you know, we talked about the two thousand seven 
PLWA championship team. And I've obviously I've got to ask you about that. That's uh, boy, 14 years ago. It's incredible. Uh, give me your memories of that afternoon at Bryce Jordan stadium. Uh, I mean, one of the, one of the most memorable days of my life. I mean, it was just, it, it was just a remarkable day. And um, I did, I, I listened to, I listened to your podcast last week after you had, after you had had snip on. And uh, I mean, it, it, it really what that run, that we had was just a super, super special run. It was one of those, it was one of those three, four game runs in the playoff. And, and Snip talks about it all the time where every guy was clicking on all cylinders. You just don't get, it's, it's very difficult to have, to, to, ha to have that happen for multiple game stretch. And, uh, but that afternoon in the Bryce Jordan, I think we tipped on a Friday afternoon at two o'clock, which again, it was, uh, it was an early one. But, uh, you know, we, we, we go up Thursday night, we stay over, we get to the arena early on Friday. We, we, they have a bunch of auxiliary gyms, as you know. We went into one of their gyms and we were getting shots out pregame. And, uh, you know, obviously the nerves were there. We were playing in the state title game and uh, we played Du Bois Central Catholic and they were a tremendous team. They had they had kind of run through their their opposition on the west side of the bracket. And I'll be honest, I mean, we, we, we knew we were going up against a really good ball club and uh you know, fortunately for us, I mean, we played one of the most perfect games um, that we had in our in our four four year career for our seniors. And obviously, Cameron Cameron Firm was a junior at that at that time, and he was our, you know, he was our point guard and our leader. And um, you know, he got us going. Everything the whole offense went through him, as you know. And uh, it was just a special special day. Yeah, your uh, your starting lineup in addition to Cameron, it was uh, Brendan Riley, Nick Rosignoli, and of course Colin Noggle. Uh, who's now an assistant coach for you? How how did you uh, uh, snag him to, to be on your staff? What was that like? He is so we got lucky with Colin. Uh, so Colin uh, Colin had taken a a, a, a really good job um, right out of school um, up in the Boston area, and um, Colin had been up in Boston for oh goodness. I guess if I go back to the 20, I guess he was up there from when he graduated in 2011, 2012. So I'm trying to think if he might've been a fifth year, he might've taken a fifth year at Delaware. So if he would have graduated in 2012, he was up in Boston, I think from 2012 up until 2019. And, um, we said, you know, we, we stayed in touch. Um, not a ton, you know, like I said, you lose touches, you know, um, but we stayed in touch, you know, like I said, probably 2018, 2019, and I don't remember if he connected with me or I connected with him to see how he to see how each other were doing. And uh, I, I I come to find out that he's moving back to the area. He's going to be able to work remotely. Um, he he worked. Colin works for for a uh, for, for like a, a healthcare company. And uh, so he was going to be able to work remotely. He said, "I'm not traveling as much." And it, when I do travel, it's 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 usually a day. And he's like, "I'd love to help you out in any capacity." And I said, "Well." Guess what, buddy? I said, I am not a big man coach. I don't pretend to be. I would absolutely love for you to come on staff. And uh, I mean, he's just been he's just been an absolute blessing. He's been tremendous. Um, all of our kids love him. And obviously he spends a ton of time with Joey and with Anthony Cachese, uh, Trevor Capital. He spends a ton of time with all of our bigs. Now, Colin Payne, as you know, Colin loves to, to play in that mid to, mid to low post area as well. So Colin Payne, um, you know, Colin Payne and Colin Noggle have hit it off as well. I mean, he's just, I mean, when you look back to that run that we had, some of those moves that he had, I had never seen out in the basketball court. I mean, he just, you know, he was a six foot five, you know, 
245, 250 pound kid with just, you know, he had, he had the feet of a point guard. Um, so, I mean, he's just been tremendous for our bigs to learn under. And, uh, you know, like I said, he's been an unbelievable asset to our program. So we, we, we couldn't be more thrilled to have him. Okay. So Exeter coming off a big win on Monday against Wilson and you get right back at it Thursday against Burke's Catholic. And uh, of course that's your old coach, Snip Esterly. Uh, you've coached against him now a few times the last few seasons. Uh, what are the, you know, what were the nerves like the first time you, you played him? It was neat, you know, uh, I mean, going, go, going back to, to, to play him last year. I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. We didn't, my uh, my first year at Exeter, we were we were in two different divisions, so we didn't play each other at all. Um, I, I guess they were in Division Three, we were in Division One, so we didn't play them. And then last year, um, if you remember the COVID year, we actually played them three times, um, which was interesting. So they had a couple games dropped, we had a couple games dropped due to COVID. And I called him and I said, "Snip, do you want to add a do you want to add a third game, kind of a conference non conference game?" He said, "Sure, why not." So um, that first game that we played was actually a quote-unquote non-conference game. And, uh, I mean, it was really cool. It was special. It, it brought back a lot of memories. And, um, I mean, I spent, you know, four, uh, you know, the greatest years of my life with him as a player and then four really amazing years, you know, uh, you know, as a, you know, as he was my, you know, mentor as coaching under him at Burns Catholic. So spent a lot of time with him. Um, like I said, he, he's – He's a big time mentor of mine. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I just I, I owe a ton to him. You know, he's you know, th there's there's something to be said for the way he the way he teaches the game and he preaches simplicity. He preaches defense and ball movement and just just fundamentals and, you know, make the simple play. And it's you know, he always says basketball is a simple, simple game. It's humans that make it complicated. And that couldn't be more true. So, you know, like I said, it's, it's, uh, anytime you're going back to play, you know, to, to, to play your, you know, your, your high school coach, it's, it, it, it'll be special again on Thursday. Talking with Exeter coach, Matt Ashcroft, who played four seasons for Snip Esterly, then you were an assistant coach with him for four seasons. So you, you got a double dip of Snip. Um, <laughs> tell me your freshman year, you and you were part of a very talented freshman class, and Alex Franklin was a year ahead of you. You guys really struggled. I think it's the that was Snip's first losing season, and he was on you guys every second of every game, and I'm sure every practice too. But uh, you know, it worked out. You know, he he. I think he knew. Uh, that he had some talent there and he knew the potential and it, that potential was realized in a state title. What do you remember about that freshman season? And, and did you think snip was just, you know, kind of nuts <laughs> for being on you all the time? Um, it, that was a really neat season looking back at it. And it's, it's one of those seasons that you, you, you cherish it more now than you did then right now that you're, I mean, cause you learn so much in, in I mean, that was, that was a year of adversity. Uh, if I remember correctly, our record was 12 and 14 and you're right, Mike, it was Snip's first. I think he's only had one other losing season since, which was last year, right. believe it or not. And that's incredible. You know, in all the years he's coached, but yeah, so we were 12 and 14 and, um, I remember, uh, I was the starting point guard on JV at the time. Our JV team was, was really nice. Uh, we were just a bunch of young, talented kids with no experience, so our JV team was excellent. I think we might have gone undefeated that year. And uh, I remember uh, Snip approaching me. I, I called, you know, we practiced the same time as Varsity did. We, we were one end of the Hill Road gym, 
and varsity was the other end. And uh, I remember he called me up, uh, you know, he, he would, you know, during, you know, we, we would stretch, you know, pre pre-practice stretching and, and layups and stuff like that. We were getting shots up. He would stand at half court with coach Murphy and coach Fowler. And he called me up and he said, Hey, Matt, um, we're struggling on the offensive end. And I, I know you prefer to facilitate, but um, we know you can also shoot the ball and we want to bring you up to varsity. And, you know, just, we just want you to shoot it with confidence. And, um, you know, I, I so, so I probably six or seven games in, and I remember going home and, and telling mom and dad I was, you know, I was really nervous slash excited, and it was it was a neat thing. Um, and I remember a week later, you know, coming home from practice, and my dad asked me how it's going. I said, well, not so good. I'm not playing great defense, and coach is really on me, and I'm really struggling and to to figure you know to figure out our offense, and you know I'm not rotating great defensively, and I'm I'm just having a hard time. And uh, I remember my dad you know, specifically he said, Hey, he goes, listen, he would not have called you up to varsity if he didn't see something in you. And he wouldn't be being hard on you if he didn't see something in you guys. And you, you, you need to just keep working and keep listening to the guy. And obviously he's, he's had a ton of success. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that season, like it, it was a, it was a, it was a tough season. And um, you know, I remember the, the biggest takeaway from that season, he said to every one of the freshmen, myself, Nick Rosignoli, Colin, and then obviously, Alex Franklin, he, we didn't have to worry about that. He was a lockdown defender. But the three of us, he said it all the time, I can't hide you out there defensively, guys. I can't hide you out there. And we really took that to heart. We became, by our sophomore, junior year, we became a good defensive team. Um, but that was that's the biggest takeaway from that year, Mike, was he just was relentless to, on us on the defensive end of the floor. Just He refused to allow us to make the same mistakes again. And, uh, I mean, that's just a sign of a great basketball coach. Yeah, relentless is, is a good word because I tell you what, <laughs> uh, you know, I was front and center for a lot of that. And it was tough to watch and tough to listen to. But now, now you won a state championship your senior year, two thousand seven, and I think you're you're you had an even better team in two thousand six when uh, Alex Franklin was a senior. You just happened to have a bad draw in the first round of the state playoffs. You played prep charter on a Saturday afternoon at Governor Mifflin and lost by. Uh, uh, was it 40, 49 to 44? It was a pretty close game. Uh, but yes. you, you ran into a team that had two future NBA players, the uh, uh, Morris brothers. Uh, I mean, you agree with, do you think that team was even better than your senior team? I do. I do. Um, when you look at that team, that team, I mean, didn't have many weaknesses. I mean, I mean, Alex Franklin is just, a, you know, he's arguably, I mean, he's arguably a top one or two guy. Um, that, that's, that Snip's ever coached. And I know, I, I, I know Snipple, you know, he'll never rank his players, but I mean, like I said, I mean, the Joe Lindermans, the Sean Slavely's Alex Franklin, he's right up there with those guys. Um, Dorian Sims, Alex is right up there with those guys. And, you know, for us to have Alex and then, um, I think the rest of our starting lineup was John Covington, myself, Colin Otto and Nick Rosignoli. That was a neat starting lineup. Um, then we had a couple, um, you know, special players off the bench as well. And, um, I just thought that was a really, really complete team. I thought we were – that was one of SNP's best defensive teams he's ever had. Um, you know, ball ball bounces a couple different ways against Prep Charter. We're, we're walking out of there with two straight state championships. Because um, if you remember state uh, Prep Charter's run, I think they beat every other team by, by, by 28, right. 30 points. Right, you're right. And I, I thought that when I walked out of the gym that day, I, I thought, you know, if uh, Central had won this game, 
they're going to go on to win a state title. And I, in fact, I said that before the game, whoever, you know, because we knew Prep Charter, how good they were. I, I thought that was the state championship game, which is just amazing to say for a first round state playoff game. But, you know, if there is any debate of which which of those central teams is better, your junior year, you beat Reading High in the Berks Conference playoffs, and that doesn't happen very often. So that's, to me, that's the tiebreaker. You beat Reading, that's your claim to fame. You're absolutely right. It does not does not happen much at all. Now, you know, you were around you you were around Snip for eight seasons. Obviously, he's played a, a been a huge influence to you. Who who else has been important to you in terms of your basketball development and the guys that you draw upon now that you're a head coach? So, I, I think my college coaches um, are 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 huge influence on me. Um, have been. Um, you know, not only my college coaches, but my college teammates. And, you know, you look at, you look at coach Ferry over at Albright, if you look at his, um, you know, you, you talk about, um, his coaching tree, his coaching tree is, is pretty broad for, um, you know, for, for coach, coach Ferry being, be, being young still, um, you know, he has, you know, uh, Britt Moore, Britt Moore was, was, uh, was one of Britt Moore and Kevin Driscoll were his two main assistants when I was there. Um, uh, and now as you know, you know, coach, you know, Kevin Driscoll is now coaching at the division one level. Uh, Britt Moore is the head coach down in Elizabethtown. Um, and then Adam Van Zelst, he was my point guard, my junior year. He was our starting point guard, my junior year when we won the conference championship at Albright. And Adam is now the head coach, um, at Arcadia. I think last year or a couple of years ago, he was named, you know, one of the top 30 coaches under 30 in America. Um, so, I mean, coach Ferry, uh, like I said, for, for being a, uh, you know, like I said, coach Ferry, Fer- Barry is still a young coach and, you know, he has quite a coaching tree already that he's developed. And I, I, I'm constantly, um, you know, texting, calling, you know, emailing those guys for advice and, you know, asking them their take on, on how they would, how they, what defense they would run here or what they would do in this situation or how they would handle this situation in practice or whatever. Um, so I think, like I said, my Albright coaching or my Albright playing days, um, you know, playing under a, a ton of coaches, uh, you know, that have, have had and are still having a lot of success at the college level. Um, you know, Coach Ferry, Coach Driscoll, Coach Moore, Coach Van Zelst. I mean, th- those guys have all been a huge, um, you know, huge, uh, you know, part of my life. And Mike Larkin, Mike, Mike Larkin um, was another guy at Albright. He's, he's, now, he's now coaching at Rutgers. Um, and again, so this is all from the Coach Ferry coaching tree. Um, these guys are coaching at high Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three levels. It's pretty special. And then I think, obviously, I spent one year at Mount St. Mary's as a walk-on. Um, Coach Brown um, was, like I said, he was very, very similar to Coach Ferry in that he believed in man-to-man defense. He believed in, um, he believed in, um, you know, motion offense. Um, he he believed in, you know, your team just outworking the other team by being in better shape. And um, you know, so I take a ton from from my one year with Coach Brown, even though I spent one year with him. Um, you know, he, he obviously played a, you know, has played a big part in my, in my, uh, in my basketball coaching life and my, my coaching philosophy. So I think, I think, I think the best coaches, Mike, are, uh, you know, they take a little from, from each coach and each experience and they, they, you got to make it your own eventually, you know? And I think that's what, that's what we're trying to do here at Exeter. Talking to Exeter basketball coach. Matt Ashcroft, his team is seven and three. You're currently number five in the District Three Class Five A power rankings. I think you're in a good spot. Uh, obviously, a little early to be talking playoffs, but how do you feel about your your chances there? 
this year, and and who you know who looks like uh, the team to beat? Lampeter, Strasburg, and West York both unbeaten at this point, uh, and so is Fleetwood in five A. Yeah, um, I mean, we 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 talk about this a ton. I mean, we feel good. Uh, we we just have to keep showing up every night. As you know, we don't have a night off. Um, our division is too good. Our non-conference schedule is too good. Um, you know, like I said, if, if you look at our, our non-conference schedule, I mean, it's just it, it's filled with a ton of five and six A teams that are really, really good programs. Um, so, again, there's no nights off um, on our schedule, which is good. That's the way it should be. And as long as we keep showing up every day, we think we're going to be in, in, in a good place, you know, come come county and district playoff time, hopefully state playoff time. Uh, but to your to your question about um, about five A. Yes, Lampeter Strasburg's off to a tremendous start. They have a couple really, really nice wins. They're eight now. West York is also undefeated. Um, Fleetwood is undefeated as well. Um, we lost to Palmyra um, last week in the Cedar Crest uh, Christmas tournament. We were tied at 48, and they hit a back-breaking three with 12 seconds left, which ultimately proved to be the game winner. Palmyra is – watch out for these guys come district time. They're one of the most patient teams I've ever coached against. Um you know, we likened it to they're a team that wants to run the football. They they have no problem taking a minute and fifteen seconds off the clock. Their 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 backcourt is laden with seniors. Palmyra is a really good team. They could be a sleeper in the district. And then Hershey has a couple really nice wins. Hershey actually beat Palmyra. They actually believe it or not, they thumped Palmyra. Um, so those would be the four or five teams, Mike, that I think we're going to have to go through to to have a good run at districts. Um, Fleetwood, LS, West York, Palmyra, and, and Hershey are, are are certainly the top the top teams in our district. You mentioned Palmyra holding the ball and being patient with it. So I got to ask you, what what are your thoughts on a shot clock for the high school level? I hear a lot of, a lot of talk about this. Fans like to see it. What would you like to see happen? I would. I'd like to see it. Um, I, I I I think. Yes, I'd, I'd like to see it. I mean, there's the, there's going to be so much back and forth between. Okay, if we do a sh- if we put, if we implement a shot clock, how many seconds? Because the one thing that that we that that it, I don't know if it's the PI. I guess it's the PIAA that makes a decision that they're going to have to keep in mind. The high school game is eight minutes shorter than than the college game. So I, I don't know if it would be if it would make sense to implement a shot clock and implement a forty second shot clock. To be honest, Mike, if we're going to do it, I'd like to see the shot clock at 30, 35 seconds. Again, it's not like the high school game is, is a 40-minute game like at the college level. Um, so, you know, you implement a 40- or 45-second shot clock. Again, quarters are only eight minutes long as it is. Teams can still sort of hold the basketball when the shot clock's that long. I'd like to see it at 30 or 35 seconds, similar to the college. Well, the, the PIAA ultimately would be the – the I mean they are the governing body they would make that decision but uh, the PWA generally follows what other states across the country do and uh, there are a few states out there that have added the shot clock I think it's slowly gaining momentum I don't get any sense from uh, PWA director uh, Bob Lombardi that there's any real sense of urgency for the you know for, for a shot clock um, so I don't see it happening anytime soon if you got the expense there's going to be an expense involved obviously sure. in getting all the high school gyms uh, up to speed and and some of the, some of your smaller schools that could be an issue uh, I, I think someday we're going to see it I, I personally don't know if we need it because I see so few 
high school teams that can uh, that are good enough to hold the ball for more than 20 seconds and get a good shot. You know, a lot of teams with the strategy, if they're if they're up or it's a tie game and they'll hold the ball for the last uh, shot of the half. Uh, but I see them, you know, throw the ball away so often or 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 wait too long and then just get a bad shot. So I think there's a there's a skill level involved in being able to control the ball and also in being able to set yourself up for a a good shot. So I, you know, I don't I don't mind the game with without it at this level, um, but I think eventually it is going to happen. I would agree with you. I mean, you look at our schedule, we've played 10 games. The only team that was the only team that was better than Palmyra in terms of ball control uh, and, and um, you know, being able to do that and play at their pace is Redding. I mean, Redding, obviously, in my opinion, is still the best team in the state. Um, but yeah, I mean, Paul Meyer, like I said, Paul Meyer was, they had four senior guards. They, they've played for four years. They're, they have a ton of experience and they, they controlled tempo whenever they wanted to. There's not a whole lot of Paul Myers out there in the district or in the state that have that many seniors that are that have that much experience that are able to just do that and show that kind of patience. So you're exactly right. I don't I don't necessarily I would like to see it, but I don't necessarily think it's it's needed because if hey if Coach Perez wants to create a turnover, I think Coach Perez is going to be able to create a turnover, right? <laughs> yeah, with the guys he's got right now and has had the last few years, uh, yeah, they can you can try to hold it all you want, but. Uh, uh, good luck with that. So, yeah, you mentioned Reading High, so let's bring it back to that. We'll wrap things up uh, with the Red Knights. You, you played them once already, 66-40 uh, to 40 at the Geigel. That was December 17th. You get them again in another three weeks, and uh, probably by then they'll be back to full strength. They'll have everybody ready for you. What? Just give me your thoughts on, on Reading. You know, you're in their division. You have to play them at least one more time. Maybe you're hoping, I'm sure, to get even a third shot at them in the – in the Burks conference playoffs, but you know, what do you say to your guys before you're ready to play this Reading team that's coming off a state title and they bring, you know, seven of their nine players back. And I, I wrote a few weeks ago, I saw them just take LaSalle apart. LaSalle supposed to be one of the best teams in the Philadelphia Catholic league. And it wasn't even a contest. And I wrote at that time, this, this Reading team's even better than the one that just won a state title. Well, you know, what do you tell your kids before you play them? Um, that listen, this is going to take, this is going to take, um, you know, you look at our best effort of the season, you know, let's, let's double that effort. And that's what this is going double or triple that effort. And that's what it's going to take to beat Reddick. So are they unbeatable? Absolutely not. Every, everybody's beatable. I'll tell you what though. I mean, they're, they're, they're as close to unbeatable as anyone in the state. And I think they've proven that. Um, I mean, they're just, they're, they're just an incredible, uh, you know, basketball team. Coach Perez has them playing for each other. I mean, you can see how much they love the game of basketball and love each other the way they play for each other. Um, I, I, the, the one thing that I don't think Coach gets – again, he's, it's hard to say that he hasn't gotten credit, but um, you know, he's, he's won, what, two state titles in the last four years, four counties, several district titles. But I think the one thing that I'm not sure he still gets enough credit for is I don't know if I've seen a team – play the way Redding does on on the defensive end in terms of creating that defensive intensity and that pressure and just really making you uncomfortable and then turning around and then playing the most beautiful style on the offensive end of the floor. They're the most unselfish team I've seen in years. You know, usually when you play with, you know, usually when teams, because again, we, we, we play teams all the time. Um, you know, like I said, that, 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 that have that, defensive intensity and then then they play sort of what's the word 
they play sort of maybe a little bit out of control in the offensive end. Reading could not be the opposite. They, they couldn't be any further from the opposite of that. They play so under control. They play so unselfishly. I think they sometimes pass too much, like on the offensive end, which is a, a beautiful to see. I mean, they're just, you know, like I said, when they're at full strength, um, I, I, I do. I think they're a top 10 team in the nation. I mean, I, I mean, I know at some at one point earlier in the season before that Devin Prep loss, I guess they were ranked as high as 11th or something like that, 11th or 12th. But I mean, I, I truly think they are. I mean, they're that special of a team. They're not that big. They just fight harder. Than, and it's hard to if you're trying to describe the style that Reading plays with the intensity and pressure that they play to someone that hasn't seen them before. It's very hard to describe. Um, and it's hard to get through to a person how tough it is to play against. Um, the kid Xavier Davis is, is sort of an undersized big for him. I don't, I don't think he's much taller than six, two, maybe, um, number 11 for Reading. He had, he had to have close to 20 rebounds against us. Um, just the way that kid creates space. And again, he just plays harder than everybody else on the floor every single night that he's, he's just relentless. He's just an amazing basketball player. And, um, yeah, like I said, I, I can't think of enough superlatives to say about, about Reading and how you know, the direction that Coach Perez has that program. And it's, you know, it's neat to have them in our, in, in our hometown and obviously in our own division to, you know, listen, that that's what we aspire to. Well put. I mean, they're, they're uh, like a blue collar, hardworking team on defense, but a highly skilled team on offense. Highly skilled. And, highly skilled. And that is a hard, that is a hard thing to do because it's kind of like two, two different skill sets, so to speak. And, and they, Correct. and they share the ball, which, uh, you know, mm-hmm. my favorite basketball teams, they share the ball. And my favorite basketball players, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, when those guys played each other in college and throughout their pro careers, they get the ball to the open guy. And there's nothing better in basketball than a great pass to an open shooter. And uh, that, that really makes the game fun. And, and they do that. So, Matt, You're absolutely right. Uh, it's been great uh, talking to you. A lot of great experiences. I've been covering you for, uh, oh, my goodness, I don't know, 20, 20 years plus and hope to keep doing it for a long time. Uh, off to a great start this year, and I wish you a lot, of, uh, a lot of success the rest of the way. Hey, thanks again, Mike, and pr- thanks for all you do. We, we really appreciate all the coverage you give our, our kids and, uh, you know, everything you do as well. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, we'll talk You're listening to the Mike Drago Sports Podcast, which is brought to you each week during basketball season by Utilities Employees Credit Union. UECU is a proud supporter of MikeDragoSports.com Girls Basketball Player of the Week. UECU invites you to visit UECU.org to start enjoying low member loan rates, competitive deposit rates, rewards, discounts, and exclusive member benefits. UECU membership is free and open to all Pennsylvania residents. Visit UECU.org. So that was great catching up with Matt Ashcroft, the head coach of the Exeter Eagles. And uh, that'll bring us to the end of the show. Time to wrap things up for the podcast for this week. Thanks, as always, to my technical advisor, Joe Mays, who helps produce this podcast. Uh, The podcast is part of MikeDragoSports.com, which provides Berks County's most comprehensive coverage of boys and girls basketball, football, soccer, and more all year long. Check out the website today to find out the latest on Berks basketball, boys and girls, and of course, football coverage all, all calendar year long, 12 months a year. We talk 
football, and we write about football. So that'll do it for the podcast this week. I'll be back again next week to talk about the latest in Burke's basketball.